was hoping to pick up some B-roll <laughs> of you pouring drinks and bumping into the mic, but I don't think it picked up over the sound of the air conditioner. Oh. Which, by the way, mercifully, is on this episode. Uh-huh. It was hot today. Yes. I even turned it on during the day while I was cleaning because I was like, ooh, working up a sweat. Working yeah. up a little sweat here on this day. Yeah. Speaking of which, this podcast almost didn't happen tonight. I had to play my pokey flute and awaken the Snorlax <laughs> I'm from very, his perch on the couch. I'm very full. I just, you know, you're looking the gift horse. I did such a wonderful, nice thing. I brought, I acquired dinner um, from a secret location that shall, shall not be named. Um, uh, but I was stuck in, you know, heinous Queens traffic on Broadway street Boulevard. I don't know what the fuck it is. Um, so it took me a little extra time to get home. So I thought I would get a little nappy poo in before we do this after consuming the feast. And, uh, I was mistaken, but alas, I would not allow it. (sighs) It was not permitted on this night. Once again, we are blowing right through nap time. (laughs) why i mean i did take a real afternoon nap today so oh wow you took a proper nap i'm assuming you probably woke up near to the afternoon as well no no early-ish and then was like "Mm." what's early-ish 10 oh okay that's acceptable that's day off acceptable yeah I'll, i'll give that a pass yeah that's all right yeah and everything will saying is true he did bring home a lovely dinner of banh mi Mm hmm. very delicious and spicy I commented on the jalapeno in the sandwich, and I appreciated it very much. It's the way it has to be. Um, well, I also was like, okay, that those two spicy, and then they're like, okay, you know, and I said, thank you so much. You specifically requested the spice. Uh huh. They will otherwise leave it off there. I mean, to me, maybe, yeah, maybe they'd be like, hmm, hmm, are we going to Caucasian him today? And I'll be like, but can we make it spicy? And they're like, oh no, no, he's cool, he's cool, he's cool. He, he knows, he knows. He, all right, very good. You're saying this establishment knows you well enough that... No. Oh, okay. No, but, like, you break the code of, like, are we going to, like, you know, give him a fork instead of chopsticks? Yeah. You know, you break the wall when you go, okay, that'll be that'll need to be spicy. And they're like, ah, friend. See, my problem at chopstick places is I usually over-order and they give me multiple sets of chopsticks. Uh-huh. And I'm too self-conscious and polite to decline... So I always have extra chopsticks when I get a delivery order like that. Yeah, when I get like a sushi, I'm, they're always just like, "Here, have three. And I'm mm-hmm. like, mm, "Incorrect." No, this is this is for incorrect. one medium-sized man. Yeah. Verging on large. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no, like when I when I do my like, I can't, I, you know, I can't make it to the grocery store and I have to work for three days. Okay, I'll just order fifty dollars worth of Chinese food and then subsist off of that for the next 2.5 days um oh my god that's repulsive well one of them real incel behavior one of them is just veggies it's just the steamed veggie thing yeah and then because then if you have eggs you can just make a fried rice and then like you can do like things i can't believe you're improvising multiple meals across with all the the parts yeah you can do it you can you can make it happen if you're like i'm not going to be able to go to the grocery okay all right this is what we're doing Chinese food breakfast, no egg fried rice. Eh, no brekkies is always you just skip the breakfast. No one, I don't know. I find that I have to have some kind of breakfast, like pre-work food, but I don't like. I think I just don't like breakfast food. 
Uh, I love breakfast food. I think you do too, right? Like you like some bacon and eggs. Come on. Yeah, I just don't like making it. Yeah, it's a pain. It's a production. It's like make. it gets everywhere. There's splatter. Um, you know, like I had a, a bacon, egg, and cheese on like a really nice sourdough this morning. Ooh, that sounds really good. It was very good. Um, but it was the, the sourdough was cut like an inch thick. Yeah, like Texas toast. Yeah. But I was like, after, you know, getting towards the end, this is why I had to take a nap. It's because it was so much food that you're like, oof, we cannot go about this day right now. You can't possibly eat like that before work. I think that's the thing. You know how in movies they always portray, like, everybody's up around the breakfast table having, like, orange juice and grapefruit juice and a big plate of pancakes and all this shit, a fruit bowl, whatever? That's never happened ever in history. There's no, no American family that does that. That would go ham like that and be like, pancakes for the table, yes, of course. And you're like, whoa, 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 it's a Tuesday. Yeah, and mother's going to spend all afternoon now doing dishes because she made a Thanksgiving feast yeah, for I, Junior. Yeah, no. Makes never. no sense. Nobody does that. Yeah, I don't like to cook breakfast before work either. No one's in the mood to cook when you are forced to get up I don't want to do like hour. labor for myself. No. Upon immediately waking up. I'm also not hungry immediately upon waking up. I get hungry about an hour later. So yeah. it works out perfectly to just commute and then deal with breakfast when I arrive. Upon the arrival, yes. Yeah. yeah. When you are, or like on the way, you can be like, eh. but like, you know, doing drive through like um, wake up wraps from Dunkin' Donuts like every day or every other day is really just gross. That is really sad. I know. It's the saddest thing. The look thing. on your face made me upset. <laughs> because I do it. And it makes me sad. Um, but, like, because, like, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like, a, I don't know. I just Eating in a car as a matter of your daily routine sucks. is what's repulsive about yeah. it. Like, I love eating in a car as much as the next guy on a road trip when you're going to bang, bang Wendy's and Taco Bell. Okay? I will do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that's part of the road trip fun is the gro- the grotesquerie involved. You do not want to do that on your way to work. It's yes. like people who eat on the subway. You know, like eating in transit, not good. Eating and walking yeah, even, not... I don't support. I love an eat and walk. I'm a big fan of an eat and walk. You know, in Japan, you're not supposed to do that. It's considered very impolite oh, to eat and walk. It's wild, yeah. Yeah. I can still take a pancake sandwich to the dome let me ask you this there is a cart by my new workplace Mm -hmm. that sells a three dollar egg and cheese on a croissant yeah do you think a cart egg and cheese is a bad idea i keep pondering it every morning and the price point is so good that i'm drawn like a moth to the flame i feel like but i'm scared of the cart for some reason i don't think i've ever gotten hot food outside of like halal from a cart it's the same cart Oh, I guess it is, it's probably. Just hot, it's just got a griddle. Yeah. It's, I, all, it's all just a griddle. I mean, I know. It's not rational yeah. to overthink it like this, but something about anything other than street meat seems like maybe I mean, be bacon bad. is a kind of street... Like, you know, is that any more clean or less clean than going to a bodega that sells a bacon, egg, and cheese? Yeah, bacon? fair enough. So, they also might be not made there. They could be, like, wrapped in a foil. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Like, kept in a warmer... Made somewhere else. Yeah, that sounds gross now. Ooh, no, those, those, mm, that melding of that flavor, that cheese, just, ooh. Well, you know. It's real good. The other thing that puts me off from it is, as you know, I'm not a big fan of, like, artificial cheeses, like Velveeta style or, like, classic American cheese. But American cheese on a a street meat breakfast thing is kind of exactly what you want. It's, it is, 
it is exactly what you want on a sandwich like that. The problem is it's good for the first three and a half bites until it begins to gelatinize. Or it gets rubbery. Yeah. A lot of times in that in that kind of situation, you're getting rubber territory and it's kind of gross. Um, like, for instance, there was a place um, on Broadway many years ago. Um, and they would just have the, like, warmer case slammed filled with croissant sandwiches. So you want a sausage, egg, and cheese on a croissant. You want ham, egg, and cheese on a croissant, which was always my favorite because it was like eating uh, Burger King breakfast. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was like, give it that. Um, you know, like it would just be there. And then something about the way that the the butter in the croissant reactivates and makes the whole thing this lovely, like, ooey-gooey mess. Delicious. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, you're making me rethink it now. Yeah. Maybe it would be good under the warmer. I'm not sure. Yeah, and then when they wrap it in the foil, it's steaming the bread to, again, reactivating the butter. Ooh. Mm. See, the thing is... No, I want that. I want a croissant. I know I'm overthinking it again, but I don't think I like when food becomes one object, you know? Like, I like the ingredients to be separate. If you're going to have a sandwich, I'd like the, the bread, the veggie component, the meat component, and the sauce component to all be independent layers. When it fuses, like you're describing, sitting under the lamp, mm-hmm. I think I'm out at that point. That's basically you, a calzone. Do you not enjoy a giant burrito? I eat burritos all the fucking time. So what's the difference? The ingredients are still independent. Are they? I mean, other than the melted cheese. You ever slam a Chipotle burrito and go, I don't know what I'm eating right now? I don't know. No, especially not at Chipotle. And I model my homemade burritos after Chipotle because they put all the ingredients on in a certain order so they stay discreet. Like if you take a bite out of one side of a Chipotle burrito, you could get all rice. Yeah. And then you take a bite out of the other side and you get a little mix of like sour cream and meat or whatever. And I like Mm. that. I like to be able to curate my bites as I chomp through the burrito. I don't like it all mixed up. That's a word, but all right. Um, I mean, I granted like... Yeah, I guess I like. I'm a bowl foods person where I just like to mix it all together and just like. There are days when I'm like, I truly can't tell what this is, but we're just going to scoop it out of here. I think that might come from your love for Thanksgiving because that's what Thanksgiving ends up being. Oh, that's one giant mixed plate. That's my favorite kind of like next day leftover bowl thing. You have to like. You're just like, well, maybe some cranberry juice will do some leaking onto some mashed potatoes. And you know what? It's going to be fucking delicious. Because then you get the sweet, you get your sweet and savory moments all together. Fat, yeah, and then more fat, and then gravy on everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I do like that. Yeah, I like discreet things. Like I'm a big fan of the Thanksgiving leftover sandwich, where you smear the cranberry sauce on as if it's a jam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you put the turkey on there. Maybe you put mashed potatoes or get a little like experimental. That's disgusting. Yeah, but I like that. Why not just use the like a slice of stuffing as the bread? Like toast it. Wow, you know what? I think people do this. I think yeah. that's a Midwestern thing. Like people will put the entire leftover medley into a waffle press. Hell yeah, dude. And then you eat it like that. I would one hundred percent do that. I know that you would. <laughs> I don't I don't think anybody had a question. I would fuck that up <laughs> so hard. Why don't you have a waffle press, by the way? Where, that... the, f- where the fuck is it? I Okay, so, gen- you know, general rule of kitchen appliances, if it can't be stowed away or used frequently, no. No, thank you. Like, you know, I, I think a lot about, like, it would be nice to have, like, 
with like a little little pressure cooker thingies. Yes. Because there are times when I'm like, I want it, but I want it fast. I don't want to, you know, turn on the oven for 45 minutes to roast a bird. I just want to shove some pieces in and have it pop out in 18 minutes. Sure. I want to return to your rule because I think it's a good one that you should be able to stow things easily and use them frequently. But I think the pressure cooker is kind of a bad example of that. I think that's a worthy investment. I think you would use that enough that basically having that out 75% of the time would not be a hindrance. Mm, I don't. I think know. once you got accustomed to it, you would use it all the time. Or like an Instapot. Yeah, you know? I, I, they're, I, but they're also just ugly. It is ugly to have appliances out. That's why all these home video tours that we've been watching, they hide everything. Like the microwaves in a cabinet, the ovens in a cabinet. Yeah. Everything is away, and it does look nice. It's better. Well, because you just see square footage of counter. Yes. And the more counter square footage, the more you're just like, ooh, I'm being surprised by space. Like everybody in the Midwest now has an air fryer. I should just say everyone in America, because I think that's pretty much true. Mm. I New don't York understand. accepted, because yeah. there's not a lot of counter space here. I also don't know how they work, so it's confusing to me. I don't really get how they work either, but I will say that whatever the fuck you throw in there, it is really delicious. <sighs> like, you would kind of love it, too, because you're a frozen food guy. And No, I am not. Yes, you are. Come on. I buy fries and then bake them you buy full meals from trader joe's those are lunch things that exist that you in don't the put freezer. in a, yeah but you don't like put that in an air fryer you throw the whole fucking thing in the air fryer. <laughs> <No. laughs> i'm just kidding no no like, but okay all right fine i didn't i didn't mean to go down that road i don't want to impugn your yeah, taste no uh, no but i i mean if you can just take like a vegetable chop it and then it's just fried absolutely uh, absolutely that. that sounds you wonderful. can do that but i feel like you also have to like par cook that before you air fry it what does par cook mean like parboiling like you like cook flash it. boil it you like cook it once yeah no you don't have to you sure i'm pretty sure you mm. don't um although everything i've ever had out of an air fryer was like a frozen food good like i'm talking about you take like a pizza roll and you throw it in there or you take like so it's just a, the toaster oven by another stick. name yeah yeah but fatter yes yeah no i n- n- I think I actually have to throw out that toaster oven because I don't think it worked. That's the one with the timer that's fucked up? I'm not really sure. I don't remember. Um, That's the second or third toaster oven that's been around, I think. I don't know. It's just dirty is the more major (laughs) problem with it. It's disgusting. I I, I think you could get by with a broken timer, but it's really that the inside of it uh, looks like Pete Davidson's blown off face. Okay. Um, <laughs> they're they're impossible to clean. Let's just get let's just get that straight. Yeah, I'm not blaming you for it. It's just the truth. Yeah, I mean, how like, like I, I always see like, do you know the um, the company Smeg? Worst name. Really bad name. Yeah, conjures up some horrifying yeah, genitalia Smegma. imagery. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know this company though. Okay, so they do like um, like they do the like old school like air uh. Airbus looking um, fridges. Okay, yeah. But like in like pop colors. So like a pastel pink, the seafoam blue, seafoam green. As an aside, I'm kind of on board with that. I yes. think more more um, appliances should be stylized in that way. Yes. Um, so they, they, they that's their whole thing. Um, like I kind of want to get a toaster from them because it's like, ooh, what an odd piece of electronics to have a toaster yeah, but we're, one, we're, uh, we're running into the countertop problem right now. But 
It's a smeg. So you, it's a status thing that you don't mind leaving on the counter. Oh, I see. So look you're at just my, look at my cu- about your counter. Look at my cute accessory versus well, this lumpy black shape and, you know, like the... Sure. Well, let's return to the smeg in a second, but how does a Vitamix factor into that? Because that's, that's also a status symbol, but they don't look good. Oh, I think they do. No, come on, they don't. They're they look like a regular bl- S blender. Yeah, but they're just little... Yeah. But it's like... Everything about a blender like that is very, like, er blender. Okay, fair enough. You know, where it's just like rectangle, 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 lid. Let me try another one, then. What would you say about a KitchenAid stand mixer? Love it. Because that's the thing that looks great, but you're never going to fucking use that. You're going to use it every once in a while. Yeah, no, those are also, they weigh three tons. Which is part of their charm, I think. Like, when devices have heft... You know they're well made. Well, it also has to have have to like because if you're making like dough. Oh sure, it's it, it, otherwise it'd be flopping all over the it place. It probably has like a lead plate in it. I mean, it's a kitchen item, so it doesn't have lead, but it probably has a metal weight in it. Yeah, there's probably like designs a piece of iron to or make something. it yeah. not knock around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, again, but so you want to get a smeg toaster? Here's the problem: How often do you really make toast? I don't. But you would if you had it, or it's not even about that. Well, I also like I I in my agedness I would put. Um, like artisanal bread in the freezer, like sl- after you know the sliced nicer breads. Yeah, because you make it like part of way through loaf, and it's just already moldy, and you're like, son of a bitch! I yeah, want. Yeah, as so a much single man, it's really hard to it's get through a loaf of bread unless you're trying to pack on the pounds. I've done it, and we know uh, there's <laughs> enough of that going on. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> just because I was lounging on my own goddamn couch and. The too small of shirt was riding up. Yeah. And my little gut gut. Well, was listen, part of me is just angry that you only offered me a bon me, but you brought yourself home bon me, pho, and spring rolls. I offered you spring roll. You gave me one spring roll. You could have taken another you one. You didn't offer me the full course. I would have taken you up on getting pho and the bon me. But that wasn't even on the table for I a little old me. I f- the peasant of the household. <laughs> now that I live in the Harry Potter room, you think you can treat me this way? Well, I know that I can pack away all that food. But I didn't know if, like, because that's a big-ass sandwich. Like, that is a big-ass sandwich. So I, you were judging me from afar <laughs> and saying, I'm not sure that little old camper can handle as much food as I can. Listen, we should get a scale and do a way-off, because I'm starting to think you're you're getting up there now. Are you two hundo yet? <laughs> no. For context, Will is 5'4", so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I'm full. I'm being attacked. Oh, this is my version of bringing the energy up on the episode. Oh, you took your turn last time, and now now I'm guns ablazing. Oy vey, Zamir. Okay. Um, <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about? A toaster? Yeah, like you, when you have to like get through like a bread loaf. Like that's oh, why, like yeah. a toaster, you could just toast the like things from frozen, and then maybe it'd be okay. Otherwise, I have to like put a pan out and then toast the bread like in a pan like right a which is person. very delicious but very annoying it's annoying it tastes a lot better it does but ooh, what a bitch have you ever done this and i think you're going to be ashamed of me but i have done this have you ever just taken the piece of bread and put it right over the burner of the stove so you don't dirty a pan I learned my lesson by burning the shit out of a piece of toast and went never again. Because <laughs> you you can't do it tortilla stuff. You can't treat it like a corn tortilla. I know it's it's not exactly like that. It gets burny faster because the bread yeah. is like a is that sponge texture. So there's a lot of exposed surface area. You know what I mean? Because there's all the that little bread crevices. Bread is like sponge texture. 
<laughs> Hold on. I'm sorry. What? Did I have a stroke? <laughs> what? <laughs> the the texture of a piece of bread is like a sponge where it's got a lot of little cavities in it, and mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a web formation. I'm of confused stringlets. by the kind of bread you're fucking eating. This is very... all bread is like a sponge. I would say like Wonder Bread is like a sponge, but, but most like... bread is is some version of that. No, it's like bread. Yeah, also, but it's, we know what bread looks like. If you like. look at a sponge and then you look at a piece of bread, it's not that different other than Just the that, color. What? <laughs> it's not. Why? I feel like you're gaslighting me right now. Absolutely This is not, not controversial at all. If you look Again, at a piece I'm of sourdough con- bread and you look at a sponge, it's the same pattern. People that are tryptophobic would be afraid of it. You know? Fear it's of got bread? all the little holes in it. I, okay, I'm going to let this go, but I'm very concerned about the bread quality that you're consuming. Um, well, look, I don't consume a lot of bread. I know. I, I like say, to I keep feel, it light on the has, carbs. Has it been th- that long since you've had a bread? D- d- okay, listeners, <laughs> I, I'm I'm genuinely confused. I can't tell if Will's fucking with me right now. <laughs> and it's it's driving me crazy because I don't think this is a I've crazy only, claim. I've only ever seen one sponge. There's like those natural sponges that are brownish that I'm like, that looks like pumpernickel. I said other than the color. Take the color aside. If you looked at a monochrome photograph of a close-up of a sponge, and then you looked at a monochrome photograph of a close-up of a piece of bread, it's pretty similar. Mm. Mm. Do we have to run this experiment live (laughs) on the podcast? I will do that on my phone right now. I... Listen, but the weights are different. Like, anyway, all I was on. trying to say was that the bread burns faster over the burner yeah. than a tortilla. It does. can't be exposed to direct heat. No. Bread cannot be directly heated no. because it just burns. So you're saying if you got the fancy toaster, if yeah. you got the colorful toaster, you think you would start making toast more? Yeah. Just as a matter of course. Because it's there. I'm afraid that you would start making Pop Tarts. I probably would. <laughs> I love a pop. I it's been it's been a long time, but there there was a period in my life where I was like, gotta buy pop tarts, and I would just like it would be like a bag snack for like midday. I'd be like, dragon ass. Okay, gotta go go get a coffee and I'll slam these pop tarts. You would have a midday pop tart. Yeah. Wow. I you, don't know. You act like that's the craziest thing. Granted, like they would be just the normal strawberry one. Or if you're feeling a little wild, the cookies and cream. <laughs> I was going to say, the s'mores one or the cookies and cream. Uh, yeah, yeah oh, I fucked with those, yeah. And then you realize what you're doing to your body when you go, what's the service? Son of a bitch. And then you go, time to put the Pop-Tarts away. Mm-hmm. You know, controversially, when I was a kid, my favorite Pop-Tart flavor was the one without frosting with the apple filling. I think they were generic Pop-Tarts, come to think of it. Yeah, I don't think that... No, the only un... They were like the grocery store brand that was like toaster treats or whatever, you know? Ooh. I also love toaster strudel. That's right up your alley because there's a lot of jizzy sauce that you get to cover it in. (laughs) But also it just gets so fucking hot. They get like burn the inside of your mouth hot and it's like you bite into it and it just shoots. Oh, sometimes they get burn your mouth hot on the outside and they're ice cold in the middle. Yeah, kind of that, that was always my memory of the toaster strudel. Unless they were made in the toaster oven and more slowly heated. In a toaster itself, not You got to double toast it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you go for the first round, and you're like, ooh, still a little squishy in the middle. Slam that fucker right back in there, and then bam, you have this, you know, radiator object that's just like, ooh, ha! And you pour that frozen jizz on there. Mm. Ugh, God. You know what I was wondering the other day? Hmm. And I didn't bother to look it up but I'm genuinely curious. Do professional kitchens ever use microwaves? 
Uh, maybe. Like, I was wondering, because there's got to be high-end microwaves that have, like, a lot of settings and stuff. I mean, you wouldn't use it to cook, but you would be like, ugh, this this thing needs to be softened a little bit, so you just boop. Right. 30 seconds just yeah. to, like, knock it down. Yeah, I just wondered, like, does a Michelin star kitchen have a microwave in it? And I started to think, like, probably not. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm thinking of, like, those... Um, that like uh the, what's what's it called the netflix restaurant show and i don't remember ever seeing like you know a microwave in those no high-end things i would imagine that a lot of chefs would disavow it whether or not it had a viable use you know i mean just as a matter of optics it looks bad yeah because yeah, then you're just like welcome to applebee's how can i help you right but at the same time it also kind of surprises me that there are not legitimate culinary uses for a microwave like it must be better at certain things than other techniques yeah yeah you never hear about that well dave chang made a whole like cookware set of how for to cook in microwave like you can make rice really beautifully in a microwave in like a sealed little tupperware which makes sense just getting that water really warm and it's just seeping in and then bing bang boom you got rice yeah I'd be curious to know how to do that. There's a lot of times when I don't feel like making rice, but want it. Yeah. And if you can do it in three minutes instead of like 25 minutes, that would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's like 15 minutes. It's about oh, the, It's really? about the same, but think about it. You don't have to watch it. Right. You don't have to have an open flame. You just go boop, and then... Well, the thing is, you don't really have to watch rice yeah, you on the stovetop anyway. You ever burn a fucker? Uh, no, you know, because I learned from you... That you got to do things by smell in the kitchen. Oh. And you do that with rice. That's how I know not to burn it is when I'm sitting in the other room and I start to smell the rice. Hmm. That's mm -hmm. how you know it's done. Yeah. And then it has never failed me so far. Oh. I go over there. I open the lid for the first time. It's not all watery and it's not burned. It's perfectly done. And I don't waste any rice. And it makes the pan very easy to wash out because it's not all stuck to the bottom or uh -huh. whatever. But yeah, I, I go by the smell. That's how you know. How were you doing it before? You just learned by smell like a year ago. I know. <laughs> uh, before, I would just let it go, and I would open the lid and keep checking on it. But that makes your rice worse because you're letting out the moisture all the time. Uh -huh. And the other thing I know about when it's done is if you open the lid and there's little depressions in the top of the rice, mm -hmm. it's finished. You're getting close. Yeah. yeah. I would say you're not. So I would go by that technique. But in those cases, I would sometimes burn it. Or at least brown the bottom of it and get a bunch of it stuck to the pan again. Yeah. But, no, the smell technique is much better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I again, mind blown that cooking and smelling, you kind of have to, that's that's how you, that's the only way. Like, granted, like, I, I, mean, I use oven more. Yeah. So oven is all, all like, I'm speaking in the worst sentence. I use oven more. <laughs> Like you have to, because you can't just be like, mm, "How's that going?" Like that's a whole production to like put on the little gloveys and get a like thing and try not to burn the shit out of your hand, which I technically do every time. Like you have to go by like, "We're getting there." Oh, real soon. Give it one more minute. Put a timer on for an exact minute, and then bing, done. That's the thing about the smell technique is that it works for things that are cooking over a longer duration. I feel because yeah. when you're just pan frying something or cooking something real quick you're immersed in the smell of the kitchen and all the ingredients like right from the jump you have no separation from it 
and my sense of smell is really bad. So I feel like when I'm in the medley of smells, I can't separate the finished smell from the other smells or just the constant smell of cooking. But when you like leave a room and something's been going on for 10 or 15 minutes, it's more obvious yeah. what you're dealing with. Yeah, that's why like baking is all smell smell based. Where you're just like mm, it smells like cookies. Time to go get the cookies out of yeah. the oven. You know, like yeah. that's that's that. Like granted like I, I have the opposite problem where it smells really good in the pan and I'm like, well now I'm hung- I'm I'm hungry now. Can I eat it? And it's like, no, it's not done. And I'm like, but why? It smells done, but it's not done. Yeah. So then you gotta just sit there and be like, okay. Time to make it a hockey puck, I guess. I'm not good at the direct, you know, that more direct heating. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if you're talking about meat, yeah, which I assume you are, given the hockey puck comment. I'll also like do that to vegetables, where I'm like, ooh, oops. I mean, I feel like vegetables you can't really go wrong because even if you undercook them, like it's undercooking, it's no, fine. but overcooking, you're just like, ooh, like and then sticks. they just turn into wilted whatever. Yeah, you know. But that's so unsatisfying when you're like, oh, I just worked to do this and now it's sad. The thing about meats, though, that I learned was it's critical to let them rest. Oh, yeah. That's how you actually finish cooking a meat is not in the pan, but on the cutting board. Carryover cooking. Five yeah. to ten minutes afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never quite understood that. I was always just like, but now I'm hungry. And it's again, it's right here. I'm so close to having it be in my face, but I have to... You know, let it chill for 15. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, fine. It's called patience. I don't have that. <laughs> um, <coughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, mm, eh, mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, patience. This goes, this even goes back to the breakfast thing. I don't have the patience to like do that for myself to do morning treat. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I, you know, I did. Did I tell you I bought Soylent? No, I had I I did this recently. I was like, maybe that could be a new breakfast thing. It was disgusting. Yeah, I've never had it personally, but I'm not a big fan of liquid meals. So I could do like if I have an orange juice, a green juice, and I have carrot juice. Like I can just do and coffee. Like I can just have four beverages and I'm good in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Peeing immediately. Though. Right. But that's enough, and you feel like okay, because you're just filled with liquids and then fine but like when it's like like an insure like i felt like i was drinking an insure and i was like oh no we cannot do this in four like i don't want to drink 400 calories i'll drink 50 yeah for like no i mean that is what soylent is it's just a rebranding of insure it's exactly the same thing because it's just meant to give you like critical vitamins and minerals in liquid form, which is exactly what Insure is supposed to do. Yeah. You know? Ugh. But it just has to have the millennial packaging. Well, yeah. I think it was originally for, like, Silicon Valley it was programmers. Like coders, yeah. So that you would never have to stop coding and you could just drink all of your meals, which... I don't know. I've always been baffled by people like that. That are so uninterested in food. That think of eating as an annoyance. Yeah. Well... It never made sense to me. No. Because, like, why have a body if you don't get to, like, at least have some fun? Right. I don't know. And eating of all things, of all the 
necessary functions of a body that are mostly disgusting and involuntary, it's the one that's a lot of fun. Yeah. There's a wide range of things you can taste. Like, it's enjoyable. You feel good after you've done it. I've never understood just being completely uninterested in it. I, I, and I also can't imagine, like, that coding, like, working at Facebook and coding for Facebook is, like, the most enthralling thing in the world. That you're like, just got to do this, man. Don't even want to eat. You're like, what? You want to clackety clack at the keyboard all day and that's, that's the same kind of delectation? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, you're going to take typey typey time. And if I produce a plate of, like, oysters, you're going to be like, no, thank you. I got, a, I, got, I got my meal in this drink here. I just met a guy recently who tried oysters for the first time in his life above the age of 30. I feel like that's kind of more normal than... Really? Yeah. I don't think people are adventurous with food. Is this the food episode? Yeah, this, this is, is the yeah. food episode. Okay, We're fine. already halfway <laughs> done. I feel like people... I mean, we know someone who who when going out to meals would be like i'll get a chicken we do you can't name this person don't name them but Mm. i know them too Mm -hmm. i'm struggling to think of who it is can you mouth the name for context oh like was very like i don't don't really really? do food now it's like you know yeah like was very just like i don't know and i'm like okay like are we are we gonna be an adult here on this day are we gonna like Slam down some food. What are we doing? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, you know, my dad's girlfriend, Nikki, is like this. She's uh, now in her 50s, and it still eats very plain things and will occasionally try something, but almost never likes it. Mm. Like, I wouldn't describe her as... It's, it's not the same thing as, like, a child being picky. It's more just, like, set in your ways or something. There are older people who are just like, ooh too spicy and you're like it's mayo what are we doing right you know like that's what i'm talking about exactly where where it'll be like oh there's too much black pepper on the salmon therefore it's bad and it's like what yeah or like i i I, like when like i'll have like my parents be like oh yeah i don't like that i'm like well you had it prepared badly once and they're like yeah Yeah, just colored my impression of it forever i'm like well no it's 20 30 years late like come on can we can we try the thing again i think that's a really important point that a lot of people are not don't have sophisticated palates, so they don't even think or have awareness of like food preparation and technique and the differences involved in different restaurants, different presentations, you know, whatever. So they have an idea that every food is just an idealized, like in the platonic sense thing. Yeah. Salmon is a thing, and I don't like salmon. But it's like, well, are you talking about lox? Or are you talking about uh, salmon from a steakhouse? Or are you talking about salmon from a Greek seafood place? You know, like, very different things. Yes. And those, under all of those different categories, they can be very different depending on who made it. Yeah, that's that's my kind of thing. Like, if I, you know, if I'm home, my parents are like, oh, no, we had it once a long time ago and it was bad. I'm like, yeah, it was prepared by a dumbass in an Ohio kitchen who doesn't know shit about fuck before the internet. Like, that was going to be bad anyway. 
I think Ohio food in particular ruins a lot of people because everything in Ohio, I think I've mentioned this to you before, is essentially bar food. It doesn't matter what restaurant you're at or what they claim to be. You're basically going to get tavern style whatever you order at a restaurant in Ohio. So people expect everything to be a grease bomb. Or they'll do the like trendy seven years ago bar food where they're like Brussels sprouts but fried. And you're like, okay. Right, but it still follows the same logic. That it's crispy and salty. And yeah, just, it's crispy, it's just fries, salty, yeah. savory. Everything is fried in butter. There's a lot of butter. And so people get accustomed to that as what they think of food as. So when they have something with fresher ingredients, they kind of think it's gross because they don't usually taste things like that. You know, something that's more uh, acidic, which a lot of good food usually is, can be a turnoff to someone whose palate is tuned to the savory dial at all times. Or they're just like, ooh, food shouldn't taste, food shouldn't taste sour, right? And you're like, or bitter, or whatever. And you're like, but it's like endive, and you're like, yeah, it should be a little. What are you talking about? Like, granted, like there are certain. I'm trying to think like what I don't fuck with, food wise. Um, well, I'll, I'll go. I don't like eel, and I can say categorically that I really don't like it. I've had it a few different ways, always in a sushi context. Yeah. I've never had like a, there's like Belgian dishes that are like eel stew and stuff. <laughs> I don't think I would even try that. But That's I just. That's like eating snake though. And I feel like just hard pass. On eel in general. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, it's a little gamey. Yeah. It's a little sour. It, it, it doesn't connote meat to me. It feels like eating a mushroom or something. Like, oh, you know it's what I that. Mean? I've n- I feel like I've never had it because I'm just like. Mm, You've never had eel sushi. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have had it with you, maybe, but I don't know. Anyway, um, mm. you know, it's just not for me. But I've tried it. You yeah, know? and and if somebody offered it to me, like if I went to a Japanese person's house and that was what they had for dinner, I would eat it. Yeah, for sure, and probably like it for what it is. I just wouldn't be psyched about it. Yeah, I don't have anything that I wouldn't try. I don't think. There are very few things, like gross things that I've seen on TV, like uh, I think it was Bourdain went to Africa and they ate like raw pig colon. Ooh, and hard it's like, pass on that That one. is covered in feces, you know? There's yeah, like other know. reasons yeah. to not want that. Um, but I would try almost anything. Like he also did a thing where he ate like this Icelandic dish that is fermented shark. Oh, the shark in it's the ground? It's basically like rotten shark. Yeah, no. Fuck, no. I, I might even try that. I don't know. Yeah. Just to say I did. I think th- th- that's a different kind of... Adventurism. Yeah, yeah, I'm not like... If someone's going to be like, here you go, and I'll be like, what the fuck? I usually am... <clears throat> it's rare that someone's going to be like, here, try this. Without, you know, having it explained what it is. Like, I honestly think sushi is a pretty good test case for this conversation because if you were to go to Japan and you knew the ingredients were really good, like, you would try any of it, right? Like, sea urchin, like, oh, yeah, I eel, mean, whatever. But in America, we do the thing of, like, it just comes from the app on the phone and you just get your, like, six rolls or six pieces of whatever. Like, I've never gone to a bar and been like, here's your one at a time. At that right. point, you're submitting to the choose your own adventure. Like,. So fine. Whatever gets put in front of me is going in my face. Well, and it's back to the awareness of technique and preparation, too. Like, it's not the time to get experimental when you're ordering on Seamless. No. We're, we're Sushi shooting. places that do take out at all, you better stick to the classics or you're in for a surprise. We're you know? trying to just get it at the, to the home 
at the right temperature. You know, we're, we're shooting for best case scenarios here. We're not going to be like, hmm, I wonder how they do the egg one. I'm not going to try that. Right. From Masago or whatever the fuck. Actually, the egg sushi is really good almost regardless of where you get it because a lot of sushi restaurants just order it pre-made. They don't make their own. If they do make their own, they're probably a high-end place because the egg sushi is really, really difficult It's hard to, to do, make. yeah. yeah. Um, and you've, Have you ever had Tamago? You've never mm-hmm. had the egg one? No. It's, it's also good because it's kind of sweet. Yeah. Um, it's egg, dashi, and sugar. It's basically just like... A, it's a cake. Yeah, I was going to say it's cake. Um, yeah. Because uh, like, usually it's in the like square griddle pan thingy. Yeah, you need that pan in order to make it if you're going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's like mini cake. So, I'll tell you another one that I don't really fuck with, but that I've also tried is durian. Oh, it's not my favorite, but like it's fine. Yeah, to me, it was actually just kind of tasteless. People make a big deal out of how bitter it is. Mm, the smell is the atrocious. smell is terrible. Yeah. Uh, but I just thought it was kind of like eating a cucumber with like a little. Mm. With a little stink on it, you know? I usually... It wasn't great. I've only ever really had it in, like, custards in, like, buns. Oh, yeah. I guess they do do that, right? Yeah. And yeah. you're like, what is this funky-ass jelly donut? Like, how did I get a Boston cream? Because it's the same consistency. Right. But you're just like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm fascinated, though, by the adults that can't get their act together food-wise. I feel like that's a holdover from some deep childhood trauma. I have no reason for belief. I, I, I don't know. Here's my reasoning behind that. Yeah. What? Is I think that food gets involved in people's relationships, especially at a young age. Like your parents arguing over what you can and cannot eat or what you should or shouldn't eat or what you're having for dinner or not having for dinner. I think mm-hmm. a lot of rules get laid down early in kids' lives oh, yeah. around eating time. Yeah, And I think if that process goes askew at a certain point for any reason, it couldn't it could be even unrelated to the food, but just something that happens at mealtime or whatever. I think that gets stuck in people's minds and then they're stuck with it for the rest of their life. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's there's lots of unresolved traumas of especially with women and like pressure around eating and not eating, you know, even dudes like you got to clean the plate and you're like, but I know, like if you think about it, though, I feel like sometimes you know, at least in terms of the generation we're in, we were the last ones before all the children had every fucking allergy known to man. So like food aversions might've actually been mild allergies. Like it would just be like, like I have a friend who like, she's like, I fucking love pineapple, but I will swell up and be an itchy mess. Like, cause you know, she's like, why does it, why does my mouth hurt when I eat the pineapple? I'm like, bitch you're allergic she's like i know oh oh, that's why i get puffy i'm like "Uh uh-huh she's like but i fucking love it so much i'm like well (laughs) you're gonna have to figure that out we get in a benadryl and then go into town like what are we doing like um well if her boyfriend loves pineapple she can get her fix another way you know what i'm saying okay well that's husband now but okay (laughs) wow all right um jesus christ fucking nightmare um yeah like i I feel like it, it was it what you're derailing me by the terribleness. <laughs> um, like the, I think there were a lot of just like in our generation, some previous there's art, there's just undiagnosed little like food allergies. 
that let that then just got hone like at least in youth that you can grow out of right your famous crab reemergent reemergence yeah yeah you know? yeah I was just um, thinking that you know whereas now little kids like you just give them whatever they're like because okay, that is like you know most parenting is like no introduce them to foods like get them to eat everything like see what sticks like you got to feed them somehow so throw throw everything in them and under the sun don't just give them chicky nuggies like yeah just start throwing stuff you never know you're gonna have a little like i was gonna say cucumber hound and then i realized how that sounded (laughs) (laughs) um or like you know like they're gonna be like oh yeah i fucking love raspberries and you're like you do okay here we go have at it like they're like i don't like grapes but you love whatever you know yeah yeah it's more i think like people having kids who are who are our age are like oh no we are not doing this like separate meal bullshit i do not have the time energy or will to sock your little fake mcdonald's in the oven i would definitely agree that millennial parents probably try to get their kids to be more adventurous just because we as a generation are more adventurous in the first place with food but that being said, I mean, kids just have different palates than adults. That's why they're so picky. And I, don't, I think with parents, no matter how hard they try, they're going to end up making separate meals a lot of the time because kids just are picky like that. And at a certain point, you get worn down and you're like, fine, just if you'll eat something, you can have the chicky nuggies, you know? But, I see this with my But you're letting niece. them win, though. I, but, they, but listen, man, you're parenting 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. Yeah, you can't let the terrorists win. Yeah, no. Eventually, you end up negotiating with Bin Laden. (sighs) No, absolutely not. They 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 all do it. They all do it. They. uh, I don't know. Maybe we have parents listening to this. Maybe we don't. But yeah, talk to a parent. I guarantee you. Much like iPads and things like that. Eventually, you just admit defeat, so you can get some rest. And I think that happens with food a lot of the time because. I mean, otherwise they're not eating, and that's negligence, you know? But is it at that point? You just, okay, I guess you're not hungry. But that can happen many meals in a row. Like, I see this with my niece. She's not a very picky eater by kids' standards at all because she's raised by hippies, mm-hmm. and they eat all sorts of shit. So she likes kombucha. She likes, like, you know, she likes weird shit that as Getting a kid a I never had drunk on exposure to. You can have kombucha as a kid. It's fine. That is one thing I don't fuck with. Okay. Why? Wait. Yeah. Why you just it, don't like it? Why is it fizzy? <laughs> I don't I understand. mean, I don't drink kombucha all the time, but if I have it, it's like pretty good. It's not bad, especially as somebody that loves seltzer. Like if you love bubbly things, it's got a r- real sharp texture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like lemonade but sparkly. It's good. Yeah, I would rather just have sparkling, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, okay. Fair enough. You don't fuck with fermented things. I really don't. It? Yeah. Yeah. Not really a fan. That's what it is. I like pickles. Yeah. And that's the only like thing. I'm like, I'll eat a pickle. What about like a hot pepper relish? You won't put that on a sandwich if it's available? No. Really? No. Oh man. See, I don't I'm like relishes. Oh. Relishes are gross. Oh, okay. Then yeah, you're out on fermenting, huh? Yeah. But I like a sambal, which is like a fer- that fermented chili paste. I'll fuck with that. Oh, you like kimchi? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not everything. It just has to be spicy. It can't be like a we- it shouldn't be green. It should be red. Yeah, okay. Or a pickle. <laughs> okay. And only with, like, a sandwich. I'm not going to pop a pickle and just be like, mm, this is a lovely snack. Really? No. I feel like that's kind of unusual. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't buy pickles for myself, but if they're around, I'll sure as hell eat one yeah. as a snack. Oh, no. 
No? No. Slice it. Put it next to the sandwich. Look at this lovely sandwich plate that I've made now. Mm-hmm. Mm. What are the little ones? Cornichons? Yeah. Those are fine. <laughs> not not <laughs> I'm like going in my mouth. Now we're contemplating garnishes. Yeah, I guess that's more of a garnish. That's not really yeah, like a snack. Not a thing. How do you feel about the little baby corns? Baby corns? Yeah, the little tiny corns that are about the size of the aforementioned pickles. That come in like store fries? Yes. Love that shit. Okay. Yeah. They serve them also at, at medieval run fairs and shit. Why? That's where I first encountered them was at Excalibur in Las Vegas at a medieval times like jousting dinner. Because they're shaped like joust points? <laughs> I don't know. It just what? seems middle agey, I guess. Wait, you went to a medieval times? Um, I don't think it was the medieval times brand because that's a certain a specific thing. thing. Yeah. But Excalibur in Vegas is the progenitor of that. So, yes, I went to their jousting dinner theater Huh. as a youth. What was that like? Uh, you know, I don't remember much. The baby corns are the things that I that stick out the most in my mind. I don't remember the jousting show. I, I sort of remember the like, uh, you know, the amphitheater that it was in, and being surprised that there was sand indoors. I don't know. It's one of these childhood memories I have that's that like some weird takeaways. Very atmospheric. It feels like a dream, and I remember the baby corns and the sand being inside, but I don't remember the show. I don't remember who I was there with. Huh. You know. I, I, yeah, I, that makes, well, food and memory are like very, spe- like, you know, that's why people celebrate events with like food stuff. Cause yeah. you can remember like, that's more, it's the, uh, what, what's his face? The Proust and the Madeline, like the, you know, the food can take you to a place and of memory and all that kind of, you know. Well, it's well known that the olfactory sense triggers memory yeah like smell sticks so i yeah. and taste and smell are closely linked so i would imagine that yeah food well you just learned that last that. year so you know yeah um well and that sort of dovetails with the idea that my my little pet theory that it's childhood drama that makes people weird eaters yeah i mean i i uh i was talking to my mom recently recently and she's like oh do you remember when we had to go to pittsburgh when you were little and i was like oh yeah and you made me suffer through the worst chinese food i've ever eaten in my entire fucking life and she's like what i don't even remember that i'm like oh i do because yeah. it was bad and cold <laughs> and it was bad she's like i don't remember i'm like mm, yeah i remember that trip but that's the only part oh it's like if you if you have like an unresolved argument or something with an old friend and you see them and want to apologize and they don't even remember it Mm, or any maybe, such yeah. event, you know? Yeah, things like that happen, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, uh, depends on what you value. Like, as as an adult now, I'm like, I value the food experience. I have no idea what the fuck was going on at the, like, day part of that, that, you know, the memory is located for, you know, her. You know, like, we, you locate it via the, like, oh, there's cute, there's cute pictures and stuff. And I'm like, what fucking pictures? I have no idea what you're talking about. Right, right. Because, like, at this point, phone ha- phone is the visual memory where you just go what what was that yeah. okay yeah like yeah i was just talking to somebody last night a- about a road trip i took as a vacation uh when i was a kid we drove around the country and i remember like almost nothing about it but i remember watching spice world in the car with my sister 
because we had a little we had a conversion van that had a little tv and vcr Mm -hmm. between the seats i remember doing that i remember losing 80 dollars in a hotel room which was my entire life savings at that point okay and i remember the triptychs do you remember triple a triptychs prior to google maps you would go to a travel agency triple a in this case and they would make you a little handheld notebook that had individual maps on it for each segment of your route. So if you wanted to drive from Cleveland to Las Vegas, in this case, and you wanted to go a certain path up to Yellowstone and blah, 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 how would you know how to do that? I mean, otherwise, you'd have to unfold a giant map of the United States highway system the whole time and like trace your way across it. But they would just do that for you and then break it down into smaller parts. So that you could look at a page at a time as you went. So it would be like first leg of the trip, Cleveland to Chicago. That'd be page one. And then, you know, Chicago to Minneapolis would be page two. And then Minneapolis to whatever, Des Moines, you know, and so on and so on for your whole route. And I remember that. I mean. But I know I went to like Mount Rushmore. Don't remember that. You know, I saw like Devil's Tower. Don't really remember that. All these national parks. Is that when it's two guys? I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 <laughs> uh yeah i mean wait so you're basically describing like map quest but you would pay someone to do it yeah and it would be printed out yeah i miss map quest sometimes wouldn't it be nice to not have like turn left at the fork and you're like ma'am i was listening to a song or I a do, podcast i do resent the constant interjections by siri slash google maps lady when you're driving around yes how can you change the voice? Because I know you can change the, the Siri voice. How do you change the Google Maps lady voice? Oh, I'm sure in your in your settings. You can? You probably can. I'm not 100% sure. But what do you want to change it to, though? Like an Australian. Why? That would be so annoying. I know. <laughs> at least you wouldn't get lost. You'd be like, oh, shut up. Like, you'd be paying more attention at the... It's going to drive you automatically to the Coke dealer's house. <laughs> All right, hang a left. <laughs> Dialing Coke dealer. What? <laughs> right then, this is for me, mate. And you're yeah. like, oh, oh, can't. The, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard you say. <laughs> the Australians, they're coming for our women and our cocaine. It's all for me, <laughs> not for them. And I go, okay, we're done here. <sighs> well, it's true. I mean, you know, Dudley's is still still kicking on the Lower East Side, and much to my chagrin, every time I walk, walk by it, I go, oh, no, you're still here, huh? Well, they're stuck here now. They can't go home. They're going to live here forever. Ugh. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Just send them out to the Hamptons and... Shh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Easy. <laughs> that was vague. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are we done no we got to kill five more minutes oh, fuck. <laughs> the, this is yeah this is this this is the radio voice of are we getting the light yeah, yeah. we're getting <laughs> I, I see the light all right it's it's been my time all right guys thanks um ah, we can be done it can just be short it can be short i'm so full <laughs> and I, i'm so uncomfortable we just did a whole episode about food I know, and now I and want. It couldn't get your mind off of it. I, I guess. And I kind of want ice cream right now, oh, but I know I can't on. have it, and I'm like ready to pop the top button. That's how. <laughs> in, with pants that have an elastic back waist. Oh my god! <laughs> You've graduated to fat pants now. <laughs> no, Uniqlo makes these things where it's like the, the whole back is like a little. It's just 
elastic. Oh boy! But it's not like bunchy sweatpants elastic. It's like a a tight elastic. All right. I mean, if you really have to make yourself, feel I'm still as small in them. Thank you so much. <laughs> I haven't graduated to medium elastic pants. Not for long. I did pop the buttons off two of them though. <laughs> oh my God, Will! Just go up a pant size, man. It's okay. No, they fell. They fell off in the laundromat. I like got them home and was like, son of a bitch. Mm. So, I did not pop them. Yeah. I strained them <laughs> to the to point duress of breaking. Yeah. <laughs> once they went in the laundry. Um They're gonna blame it on the Vietnamese laundry people now. How dare you? My laundry people aren't Vietnamese. Oh, okay. What are they? I don't know. You know. Salvadorian? Oh. Okay. I think so. All right. Yeah, she's like five foot five foot. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like five foot no, she's actually five foot. Um throws the Ophelia throws my laundry around. She's like, blankets? And I'm like, no, I just have a lot of clothes. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, where the fuck are the blankets? I'm like, there's no blankets. You know this. You, you, We do this like every other week. Yeah. Like, Well, you keep going up in sizes, so it gets heavier and heavier <sighs> in the bag, and she can't tell. <laughs> I have not gone up in any sizes, thank you so much, except for the one button down and then the second button down, <laughs> which was too big, and I got sad. I was like, oh, I didn't oopsie. Oh, you didn't want to look like a cholo or a Lower East Side skater? I look like, you know, based on last episode's, you know, friendly neighborhood lesbian, you know, in a pink and white candy stripe shirt, I just look like the world's worst nurse from 1964. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm here to change your bedpan. But like, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Okay. Ooh. I don't have anything else. That was my... That was my fun story. All right. Are we signing off? You're just looking at me. Sure, we can sign y- off. You just want to watch Eric Conover. And we we also were split on the on the Garden State watch. Oh, that's true. We have one on the... We have one yes and, and one, one nay. nay. Yeah, yeah. We need tiebreaker. We do, which I'm sure we'll get now that you've solicited uh-huh, it. Yep. M- much to my chagrin yep. because I was hoping to avoid that situation. But I think it's like a good 90 minutes of your life that yeah. you'll never get back. Well, too bad for you. We have an after show to do. Excuse me? So, we didn't do one last week. Oh. oh but we're going to sign off now. Bye. <laughs>